This is Fiber Variety Hour, an eclectic mashup of fiber obsession, interviews, random silliness, and discussions surrounding all aspects of the fiber community and industry. In each episode, you will find everything from farm features to fabulous festivals. You can find us on social media platforms as Fiber Variety Hour, that's fiber with an R-E, as well as our Patreon platform. Our presenting sponsor is the Tip of the Mitt Fiber Fair, held each year on the first weekend of June at the Emmett County Fairgrounds in beautiful Petoskey, Michigan. The mission of the festival is to celebrate Michigan's natural fiber, farmers, processors, and skilled artisans. In early 2016, a group of like-minded fiber enthusiasts began planning an event to showcase Michigan's rich natural fiber resources. With a lot of hard work and the support of local businesses and organizations, the annual Tip of the Mitt Fiber Fair was born. You can follow them on Facebook as at Mitt Fiber Fair and on Instagram as at Tip of the Mitt Fiber Fair. In our third episode, we were joined by Michelle Grace, the independent knitwear designer behind Knit Draper. She's been featured in Nomadic Knits, BIPOC and Fiber, and Modern Day Knitting. You can find links to these features and her patterns on her website, knitdraper.com. In our chat, Michelle shared a lot about her design process and how she lets yarn dictate what it will become. It was a pleasure to speak with her, so we will let you get right to it. Enjoy. We asked you about your first design, and that was East Avenue E. That was the shawl, right? Yeah. That was fun to make. Um, I have friends that live on that street, and... um, I've known the husband for 30 years now. And um, and so I met, I introduced myself to the wife on social media because whenever I would post on his Facebook, he would, she would respond. And I was like, I'm just gonna meet this head on. Hi, Michelle. And I friended her and we became friends. And um, I had to do some business travel. And on the way back from that business travel, I said, hey, um, I want to surprise your husband. I would really like to come see you guys. And we pulled it off. It was like a sneak attack. He didn't even know that I was coming. And um, she picked me up from the airport and I come walking through and he's just waking up and he's like, "Uh, Grace? Is that you, Grace, Grace? And, and me and his wife just laughed and clapped and oh. hugged him. And I hadn't seen him like for 20 years. And he was like, just waking up and he was like, what, what? And he was like, I don't know if I'm seeing the right thing. <laughs> and it was fabulous. And we spent the whole weekend together and I got to meet their son and um, we just fellowshiped and it was such a great time. And um, everything that I do in social media um, on Facebook, because they're primarily on Facebook, they support every single thing that I do. And they're so encouraging. And so when I did that design, it just came to me, them. And it was like a tribute to them to thank them for all their support. And the yarn just spoke to it so beautifully. And um, it was neighborhood fiber. And um, I'm working on a second one. I wanted to do something completely different. Instead of doing worsted weight, I wanted to go oh. to like a 
decay or fingering with that pattern. So I wanna see what happens with it. So that was my first design. Have you done that with any other patterns? Kind of changing the weight of the yarn and redoing the pattern that way? Uh, no, but I do want to do that more. I, it, it was a, a wrap type shawl that I just did and I want to redo it and make it into a hat this time. Oh, cool. Instead of um, like a type wrap. So it's, what is that? It was leads and lags was my last design. And um, a hat is calling me for that. And I wanna turn that into a hat. Um, and it will probably be in the same kind of worsted weight yarn. It'll be a thick hardy hat. Um, the shawl is thick and hardy and it is squishy, heavy, squishy. And it's multiple yarns in there like um, Sin City, Roll the Dice, um, plucky knitters in there and um, what else did I have in that? Um, Paradox, um, which I'm, I'm not sure if she's still dying or not. Um, That's happening a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I have a couple of different yarns in there that's just like, it's a perfect wrap type shawl to do with like leftover yarn mm -hmm. and that was my whole thing behind it yes like a scratch shawl awesome so um Eleanor Dixon has been my editor for every single thing that I've done and it just kind of happened the, that way I had really wanted an editor and um I couldn't find one and I didn't know who to use and who to trust and then um I saw her work and I contacted her and I said, you know, I'm an independent designer. I'm not paid. I haven't been published, but I want to make my work the best that it could be. And so I worked to re-edit all my patterns with her except one because we couldn't agree on it because <laughs> she holds me to task. I ain't gonna lie. Eleanor has made my work so much better, but she will get down into the math this ain't adding up Michelle and then she'll be like this count ain't right and I'm like yes it is I did it I did it I and, and it's like sometimes me and her had to take a time out on the editing and we even put that one pattern to the side several times we worked it and worked it and we could not agree and I was like okay Eleanor <laughs> but I I mean she's fabulous her work her quality and she's made me better as a designer. And um, when I told her that I have a, a, a shawl that I'm using scrap yarn, I said, I know who the yarn is from and I would like to be able to put the, you know, dyer there. And, you know, even though some of them are not in business and she was like, well, you know, maybe not. Let's just put that you need X amount of, you know, yardage or how much. And I was like, I still like to call it out because you never know, people might come back and, you know, it's just like, give that love and credit because you don't know. And right now in these times, a lot of doors are closing and, you know, people might come back because it's a viable business if you can make it work. If people were in business for years. So, um, you know, I like to put the names out there if I know the names, 
Um, and I have such a big stash. I would like to be able to use the yarn of my stash and call out who got who's in there because most of them are um, hand dyed. I re I want to call it out. And you know, I <laughs> I just uh, reorganized my yarn stash in the last couple of days. That I went, oh, it was like revisiting friends because I had been rather than working in the studio and dyeing yarn, I got to you know play with some of my favorite yarns from some of my favorite dyers. So it was like. I started getting, I you know, started looking at patterns again, and it was very dangerous. I'm really interested how your uh, day job as a software architect influences your knitting and design. So over the, I would say since 2019, I've kind of transitioned into being a software manager now. Um, so I have people under me, and I. I have to do a lot of help desk tickets. You can't get away from the help desk tickets, okay? <laughs> so um, I do a lot of troubleshooting. Um, I'm not actually designing as much as I used to. Um, one of the things that led me into um, knitwear design was I was an active software developer up until 2015. And I was like, um, I considered myself like um, kind of like a gunslinger. You know, you pay me top dollar, I come in and I'm like, psh, 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 and get your software up and running. Then I'm like, deuces, I'm out. And I would go on to my next gig. I never stayed. The longest I stayed somewhere would be like maybe uh, a year, two years. Mm -hmm. um, and in 2015, I made the decision to um, stay. And I did my software implementation and we kind of went into sustainment. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I could do this. I'm bored. Cause like, you know, sustainment, you're just checking to make sure the systems and the lights are up. Okay, <laughs> I, it, it was nothing to do. And um, so sometimes I would still be in meetings and I would be so bored and I would find myself sketching designs. And I just kind of kept a sketchbook with me and I would design in the conference rooms um, because I didn't have anything else to stimulate me. And then sometimes I would knit in there and it got so distracting because people hated the fact that I was knitting in a meeting, but I'm quiet, my needles are quiet. Why is it such an attention getter? Why are you talking about my knitting? And because now everybody's watching me, I gotta put on a watch. Because it's like everybody that came in the conference room had to say something about my knitting. I'm like, why can't I just be in the back here, minding my own business, <laughs> knitting? So um, it just just became my sketchbook. And I would draw out designs and um, I didn't really know how to carry some of the things off. So like per se was the first design that like kind of haunted me and I wanted to carry it off and I couldn't carry it off. It had like the little spindles that came down and I dreamt about that shawl and it haunted me until I could carry it off. And I mean, I had knitted a couple of um, small little swatches to see how I would carry it off until I got it. And even Mother of Motors, it's like this, these wheels like haunted me. 
And I had some failed attempts with these wheels and it was like, ooh. And, um, but it was like, it kept calling me. And then I kind of knew what I wanted to do with Mother of Motors before it came, before the yarn came. But sometimes the yarn won't cooperate. So I had to say, well, I, I, I'm gonna go in with a loose idea, you know, kind of like, okay. <laughs> I'm about to come at you. I'm going to go in with a loose idea. And then once I got the yarn and I started playing with it, I was like, oh, I'm in love. I took it to work. I had it sitting on my desk. I was rubbing it on my face. And then finally, I started swatching it. And I was like, okay, I know what this is going to be. I know I got a chance to see some of your progress sketches of when you were coming up with the concept of what the shape was going to be and how that was going to come out. And they were just fascinating to see that progression of how you kind of honed the design. Was it just a matter of going back and forth to the actual knitting and back to the, the sketchbook? Or was there, um, what was the process there? So I kind of did the loose sketch and the, the hardest part was figuring out how I was going to carry off the wheels. And once I knew with the base, because it was the bottom up, once I knew what the base was going to be, I knew I was going to have a body. I knew I was going to have some pinstripe and I wanted to have like a roof to the car. And, and that's what the, the thinking was behind this was that the whole, this is the top. And I wanted to be able to shows a difference in the body of the car in the shape of it so I knew I had to get that base just right um once I got the base I could kind of go back and refine different versions of the sketch and then once I knew how many wheels I had I could start doing the calculations of how everything was going to play out how much yarn I needed to reserve for the top and how much I would have left over. Um, so that was the refinement of it. And then once I had the first sample done, I wanted to be able to pick it, pick up the pattern and work it like someone brand new. Mm -hmm. and, and if I had a problem, I wanted to know where the problem was at. And the, the problem for this was the wheels, trying to get the wheels just right and attaching the wheels so that the wheels can kind of overlay on each other, but not be too tight. Mm -hmm. So, and then what I found interesting about the yarn, because the sizing of the two shawls were completely different. If you remember the first, picture that I kind of sent you and I laid them on top of each other, exact same sizing, uh, well, not sizing, but the exact same needles, exact same yarn family, but they laid differently and they, um, the size of them were completely different. So I kind of liked that it was different, but the same. And then with the um, closure of the shawl because once I had it finished I knew I wanted to have something on the sides to kind of close it up and you know I played with a couple of different things because you can wear it up or down mm -hmm. and I wanted to have something that you could 
at any time, if you want to tie it off, you could have something to tie it off. So I played with that. Once I had the first sample, I took it to work. Um, a couple of my friends came together because we kind of had like a little mini scrum meeting, and which is agile for, you know, software development or manufacturing. You know, we had our little scrum meeting and people took the shawl and put it on and made their suggestions about what the closure should look like. <laughs> and one of the guys came in and said, well, I just think you need two. You don't need more than one. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we all talked about it and, and it came together. It was just kind of like a fun off the cuff, like, you know, closure by committee. It was like a critique of my work. <laughs> nice. So you were talking about when you got the yarn and playing with it and that kind of thing. How do you, with other yarns, how do you find, um, how, to, how to talk with it, how to let it tell you what it wants to be? Is that a swatching or what, what do you use to, to do that? I'm a 50-50 swatcher. Um, so, um, Fiber Company's Terra yarn, um, I tried to make um, a cow out of it and I hated it. And so I kept trying with that yarn to make a cow out of it. And it was an original design and nothing I liked about it worked. But it was, you know, knit to, purl to, knit to, purl to, look so perfect on that yarn. And I didn't have a design for how I was gonna carry that off. And um, I ended up doing a double knit to double pearl too. And kind of like the little checkerboard. So I did not like the cow, but I liked that look of it. And, you know, back in the day with our grandparents, mm -hmm. like how, they had some Russian coats that had that pucker type tight wool. Mm -hmm. That's what I liked about this yarn. And with this pattern, you get that little pucker type. Yeah. Yes. So I just decided that I'm not gonna do a cow. I'm gonna do a wrap. And so I ended up doing a wrap and I had purchased that yarn several years ago. And when they said, oh, we're discontinuing the yarn, I was like, what? <laughs> I was so terrified. Cause I was like, I got all this yarn and I was gonna do a design with it. I don't have time. So I ended up doing this wrap and it's called By Terra. Yep. So I could use the yarn, it's five skeins and it's, it's a really long wrap. It's probably gonna be maybe 60, 70, and it's like, just like one of those long, thick, hearty wraps. Oh, nice. It's perfect for right now. Well, up, up here, I don't know what it's like down in DC, but it's like nine degrees in Northern Michigan. <sighs> I don't miss, I don't miss Michigan <laughs> weather. I don't, I miss my family. I do not miss that weather. Uh -uh. When did you move down to DC? Or when did you leave Michigan, I guess I should say? I left Michigan in 88. I came here in 92. So well, what made you decide to stay in DC? It, was it the weather? Well, it used to be warmer here, but now it's more like Michigan up in this joint. So <laughs> it's not the weather anymore. 
Um, I stay because um, I find that the work opportunities are a little bit more um, consistent and, um, you know, I got to have a job. Single mama, <laughs> I got to have a job. <laughs> so, you know, that's why I'm still here. And you said your daughter is, is she a sophomore? What did I say? What did Tenth I grade. I didn't lost track. 10th grade. Tenth grade. So, so I think that's sophomore. Yes. Yes. There Got we go. Two more years left. So um, I'm hoping that um, now that she's back in school, that she will continue to go back up to her potential. COVID has been tough and you know, you know, just everybody's had some backlash and lost loved ones. And, you know, I've lost family during this period of time and um, had to figure out how to safely come back to Michigan and grieve. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just angst, um, depression. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I really haven't had any projects completed and I already knew coming into this year because I usually set my goals for my knitting mm -hmm. in um, October my birthday time so I usually set my goals then and I set my goals for last October that this is going to be the year of me knitting for enjoyment so I want to do the what is it the ripple butt shorts I want to finish the um, the Wonder Woman shawl that I started and never finished. Um, I want to do the um, Joji, um, the, the, I forgot what it's called, but it's got the sweater with the arm patches on it. And um, it, it's so many things that I want to do this year. Um, I've been knitting some hats. I've been venturing into things that I normally don't do. Cause like usually I've been just all shawls and wraps. I'm starting to do hats and sweaters and I want to do some socks and kind of get my feet wet in some other areas. Um, I really want to learn how to do some intarsia. I haven't done that. And I have a really cool pattern that I've been looking at and I want to kind of like immerse myself in some stuff that I haven't done, like some double knit and figure out some new ways to interpret that at the end of this year and see what kind of new designs come out of that. I just want to, I want to go down a couple of rabbit holes, okay, and figure out some stuff and see what comes out at the end of it. So, um, I'm hoping that for 2020, uh, everybody will have a better year. People will be back on their feet. Um, and then we will have a lighter load and be able to have some fun with some knitting. Because I feel like right now, my knitting is like tied to my stress level. And because my stress level has been here, I can't get no pleasure out of knitting. <laughs> and I know that sounds bad it should be like you know I should be able to enjoy it but I, I have not been able to enjoy much with this pandemic it's just and now I'm about to cry but it's just it's so sad that you know so many people are out of work and 
a lot of those people are in my family and um it's just a lot it's been a lot of loss and you know it's just I want everybody to be good I want everybody to be happy and so that we can enjoy and fellowship and um be able to see each other and go to conferences again and do things together and get crazy with yarn <laughs> so I'm sorry no sorry we're totally, we're totally pro feelings and emotions here so it's Kat was trying to just like show me a recording of mu like music that she was gonna like maybe we would use for the podcast and she was just like playing her guitar and singing one day when we were talking I just burst into tears you know it's like you never know what's gonna get you right now because it is so much you know and um, I've been so grateful to be able to do things like this for that reason because it is kind of the only way that we can reach out and um, you know, we were talking earlier before we actually started recording about the nomadic knits and, um, you know, Kat, Kat seemed like she needed some help just on the back end so she could actually be a part of the event. And that's the first time I actually became aware of you and your designs is through Kat. Um, and I was just kind of like sitting there helping answer questions in the chat in that oh, event. Oh, never now. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was very much in the background. <laughs> So, but it was so nice to be a part of that with everyone with it, you know, and I got really choked up several times during that because, you know, everyone was just so excited about and surrounding this beautiful publication mm -hmm. and, um, it was so nice to hear the designers and the yarn dyers in the same place. I mean, how often do you get that too, where everybody's in the same place? That's not even possible at a show, you know? So um, do you guys want to talk about that issue of Nomadic Knits for Michigan? Because we've kind of started all of our guests to begin with kind of have a Michigan tie because we're, we're both Kat and I are from Michigan. So um, we were really excited to bring you in on this one for that reason. And um, I'd really love to hear both of you kind of talk about how that was because you've talked about the mother of motors pattern that was in it, but um, working with nomadic knits and that whole uh, virtual event that was pulled off. I'd, I'd love to hear you guys kind of talk about that. So the first that I knew about the nomadic knits collaboration was actually my email from you, Michelle, about um, wanting to do a design and asking me about doing your support. And that was just, so fun and then um we had a phone call i'm trying to was it before or after it was before you got the yarn wasn't it i, I think it was before i got the yarn because you were trying to figure out like what are you trying to do what are your thoughts mm -hmm. and i was just kind of like ah. <laughs> i wasn't quite sure mm -hmm. so um melissa reached out to me um and i think it was because Mason, well, modern day net knitting. I gotta stay, those ladies know how to stay current and they know what they're doing over there, okay? Mm -hmm. So modern day knitting um, had me in March Madness. Um, my One of my uh, designs was featured, it was a scarf. And um, I, I didn't know what was happening there because it was kind of like, you know, I'm just getting into the business good and 
it's really still a hobby. And so um, after that, Melissa reached out to me and I think I would publish more if I had time because I'm a single mom and I work. Mm-hmm. And in the DC area, you down for a commute is probably between an hour to hour and a half one way. And um, at that time, I did have a three-hour commute. Oof. <laughs> so, um, you know, she reached out to me and she said, I would like you to be in our magazine. And um, I think she reached out to me in the fall before the magazine was supposed to be due that summer. And I was like, oh, you're giving me time. Okay. And she said, it's on Michigan. I said, I'm from Michigan. <laughs> and I said can I use a Michigan dieter? She was like, absolutely. And so it made me do my homework because I did not know. And that's how I found you, Kat. I had to do some homework. And, and it was a couple other people that I was interested in. Cause like, I'm from like the Wayne County, mm-hmm. Inkster, Dearborn, you know, Wayne Westland area. Yep. And uh, I found the dyer that was in Westland. And I really wanted to use her because that was like my neck of the woods. And um, she was like, oh, I'm about to do a show. I can't do it. You know, Uh maybe I could do it in a couple of months. You know, and she just couldn't. She had so many other things that she had going on. And so I was like, you know, I tried to give her a chance and months went past. And um, I reached out to you and you were like, what? You, we did the call and then <laughs> you delivered on the yarn because I had never done yarn support before. You gave me enough for two samples. And I was like, wow, this is like next level. And it was really, truly, I was so excited and it was like next level for me. And that's how I ended up. I was carrying the yarn around. I had it at work, had it on my desk, all, you know, all lined up and playing with the color combinations, you know, cause sometimes you're at work and you're a little bored. So, you know, just having some pretty yarn there and seeing how the colors played and um, how they came together. It was just like, it was so much fun. And it was nice because you were so welcoming, Kat, and I really appreciate you because I don't even think I would have been on that first Zoom call had you not reached out to me. And, and I really do appreciate you and your business, so I thank you. Um, so that's how we got there, and it's been fun because you are such a light. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to cry. Okay, I told you it was going to be my turn. It was so funny. It's going to be laughing and tears up in here. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> It was just so cool because I love collaborating. I love it. It's my favorite thing. And it's that having different energy working on things. It's like I got to create a piece of it and then hand it off to you for you to mold it into what you wanted it to be or what it wanted to be, depending on how, you know, depending and playing with the colors and going back and forth with pictures to see which combo you wanted to do. That's so fun. You should have seen me out on the front porch because it's got a, it's a gray front porch at my, my uh, business partner, Claire, who actually had to step back from Why Not Fibers because she also works full-time. But her front porch was where we would do most of our photos because it was this uh, recycled 
the um, composite gray. Mm -hmm. And so it was the perfect backdrop for everything because it was neutral. And so I'm out there taking pictures of the different combinations of the colors and swapping them out. And I must have looked like, I swear people drive down that road and they're like, what is that lady on that porch doing? Cause I've got my arms full of yarn and I'm throwing, I'm shaking out skeins so I can throw it over the edge of the porch. And they're just, I get some great looks, but then getting the, the combination of what colors you wanted to do and being able to pack and up, pack them up. It feels like wrapping a present when I'm getting a package ready to go. Cause it's like, I want you to have fun with this. When it gets I really did. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And then putting together, um, I got to help behind the scenes with the Zoom event. And uh, there are a couple of us that were just trying to get everything done. And I, I totally roped Emily in at the last minute to help with the Nomadic Knits Meet the Makers. And then also getting with Becky and Melissa from Nomadic Knits and them getting a graphic together for us to pass around for the event. And people getting back to us saying, absolutely. And then you sending me all of your photos of the progression of the design. And I just, it was like a whole nother level for me because I'd seen a couple of snippets along the way, but it was like watching, you know, an entire evolution of it. It was so cool because I, I had no idea, you know, this part in the middle, what it had looked like or what the thought had been and watching that kind of morph into what it became was so neat. And that, I mean, all of those pieces gave me the opportunity to get to chat with you face to face, uh, albeit over a screen and getting to talk to you on the phone right off the bat was so nice because that connection of, um, being able to hear intonation of voice and everything, it just makes such a difference in getting to work with somebody. Yeah. So, it's just, it was so, it's been so great. <laughs> it has been a really great experience. And the funny part is um, I had said to Nomadic Nets, do you need me to get the pattern edited? Because, you know, since I've always used Eleanor, you know, she kind of gets my crazy, you know, what is this, Michelle? They said, nope, and we use Eleanor. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> so it just made everything so much easier because, like, I didn't have to go through breaking in a new, you know, editor, like, what is this? Why is this? Because she already had been working with me for the last few years. So it just made the whole process so much easier. And, you know, doing a publication for the first time, it was like nerve wracking for me because I wanted to get it right. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to have a concept. I wanted to have something that hadn't been done before. And it was just magnificent that it was being able to be carried off like with the right yarn and the right design and it just came together and then an editor that knew me <laughs> so it was like this is um, meant to be it was meant to be because it's been several times where I've had other publications reach out to me but because they're bigger and their design fuse is so much shorter I could not I can't respond I just cannot respond even where I've kind of had stuff queued up waiting for the window, mm -hmm. they'll be like, no, we don't want to use that yarn. And I, I actually prefer hand dyed yarns. 
I don't, I don't want to say I don't want to use machine dyed yarn because I have used it, but my preference is to highlight that uniqueness and the tonal and the colors and the richness that comes with hand dyed yarn. And so um, when Vogue reached out to me, Vogue Knitting, they reached out to me and they liked the design that I had. I really wanted to go with a hand dyed yarn and they, they wanted me to use something else. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Cause I have to feel it. And then if I'm gonna be on something long, like a fingering weight, and I'm doing two skeins of it. I'm with you for a long time. I need to like that yarn. <laughs> I really got to like the yarn. I mean, I, I'm not really joking. I have to, if I'm doing a sample, I have to like the yarn. I got to like the feel of it. I got to like the look of it, the color, the whole nine. I can't spend that much time and not like you. I, I can totally relate to that too. Just, I mean, just in my... I only knit for pleasure, you know, that's, I, and I just started, I only a couple times now I've done this, but actually being able to not only spin something that was hand dyed, but that was also mill spun. Mm. And it's like a whole new level. There's just like something infused into that yarn. The more individual care that's been taken with it you know so what even, is meal spun tell me because now you got me intrigued you know, so it's when you've actually um either a mill has selected fibers specifically or a an individual customer has brought fibers to the mill and said i want this blend mm. and they they spin it for them so it's like starting from the farm and then doing that so oh. like what? That's what actually, yeah, so Kat has a couple different yarns like that that she has done, and I'm sure that she would be happy to talk about it a little Ooh. more. <laughs> now you're interviewing us. Right? I'm, I'm in love! <laughs> I've been able to do five? Is it five different yarns now? I just um, got last month back from uh, Stonehenge Fiber Mill in East Jordan a 100% organic merino, two-ply sport weight. Oh. So it's a lighter sport weight than the spunky, and it's a two-ply, so it gets that really neat texture. Mm. Um, I've really leaned towards two-ply yarns with the farm-to-needle yarns that I do. And that one, it's, it's all one fiber. It all comes from one farm in Mason, Michigan. Oh, and nice. It's really great. I actually just talked to her because they're shearing on the 13th. They're shearing next month for this next year. And so I'm getting another roundup and I'm like super excited. <laughs> oh um, it's kind of crazy. It's almost like, you know, once you start it going, it's like centrifugal motion. And it's like, okay, so I've got a plan for this now for next year. And so it's a long, it's a long-term relationship and commitment with the people that you work with it's from from the farmer to the mill to um, some folks that I have uh, done trunk shows with or that kind of thing. I have. <laughs> There's I only been a couple of places that I've heard of that does that because like um, Eden Cottage mm -hmm. Yarns mm -hmm. and um, I found them through um, a couple other designers and I started like buying up all their stuff and they had the history <laughs> behind the shape. I was like, what is this? Were they, do they get the shave them to save them program? I don't know. I 
got to do some more. I have I haven't gotten anything because once I started finding all the people up in the United States and in Michigan, I was like, okay, y'all got my dollars right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dollars well, have been tied don't up. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> my dollars have been tied up. <laughs> So Michelle, we don't want to hold you too long today. So um, was there anything else that you wanted to promote? I mean, you have a website where we can find your patterns and on Ravelry. Do you want to uh, let, let everybody know where we can find you? Yeah, sure. So I am Knit Draper and I'm Knit Draper on um, Instagram. You can find me on um, Jimmy Beans Wool mm -hmm. and I'm on um, Love Knitting um and the create to thrive create to thrive i'm there and i'm also with the bip oc yes yes i'm sorry I, my you're mind fine. i was looking at your website <laughs> cheating yeah your website's great because it's knit knitdraper.com and then in the upper right hand corner you've got links to all those awesome places that you're yes featuring. i'm sorry lady Michelle Grace of Knit Draper with us and she gave us a bunch of time all the way from DC so thank you so much for coming in uh, well on zoom and hanging out with us great thank you for having me that was independent knitwear designer Michelle Grace of Knit Draper you can find Michelle on Instagram at Knit Draper and on her website knitdraper.com where you will find links to sites and publication that feature her designs including Jimmy Beans Wool Create to Thrive, Love Knitting, Ravelry, and the seventh issue of Nomadic Knits. Thanks for joining us. This edition of Fiber Variety Hour was sponsored by Tip of the Knit Fiber Fair in beautiful Petoskey, Michigan. To find out more about the festival, visit tipofthemittfiberfair.com.